Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 402 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Ariane and uh, she writes, I started with week three of my hymn improvisation course and tried to play my current organ pieces at a faster tempo, which I saw on YouTube at San Sulpice. But when I play faster, it just sounds rushed, irregular and without any real feeling. Let's discuss, Ausha, first uh, those... um, him improvisation course uh, exercises that uh, she is uh, working on in week three because uh, the first four weeks is um, created like a note against note counterpoint so against one note of the chorale uh, student has to add one note of the counterpoint and vice versa, then they switch bass, soprano, soprano, bass. Does this sound reasonable? Yes. For four weeks in a row? Yes, that's, I think, very good for starters. Mm-hmm. I think there is no need to rush, uh, because, of course, you could do uh, each week one more difficult set, uh, two notes against note, one note, or three notes against one, but that would be, I think, too fast. Especially if you are a beginner. Mm-hmm. Because usually <clears throat> exercises like this are done in written form before, you know, playing them in practice. Right. <clears throat> so. So she is in week three. And next week she will get a set of exercises too. And then, and then in week five we will start... Uh, uh, practicing improvising the second voice in eight notes for the selected hymn tunes, which means two notes against one. And uh, that will be another level. I think uh, by, by, by that time she will have some, some fluency over the first level, note against note, and uh, she will be ready to jump in and get started with eight notes. Yes, if you go step by step, then yes. 
it could be even a nice introduction for for your hymn of the of the of the day when you you are introducing your hymn you can play with two voices and improvising the lower part or improvising the upper part but just note against note in church yes that's possible although maybe you don't want to play entire hymn as introduction it might be too long mm-hmm. to make it sound more appealing you could uh, add more gravity to the registration maybe maybe i would say organo pleno with principal chorus and mixtures that sounds sometimes mm, that's possible, yes, especially if it's an opening hymn. And then Ariane has, I think, a problem of uh, playing faster her pieces because he, she, she looked at YouTube recordings of her piece played uh, at Sansul piece, and. She probably felt that she could also try out at a faster tempo, but she writes, the the playing sounds rushed, irregular, and without any feeling. Why why is this, Osha? Well, there might be different reasons. First of all, I she did not mention what she thought about that YouTube recording, that sensual piece. But I guess she might like it because she, then after listening mm-hmm. to it, she tried to play faster, and then it sound sounded bad for her. So what that might mean, my guess as a professional musician, could be that she is simply not ready to play faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I wrote to her on Basecamp is that. Slow practice leads to fast progress, I think. It makes sense, of course. Mm -hmm. I like playing uh, pieces very slowly for a long time without rushing. And uh, if, if if I need to rush, I know there is something wrong with my planning, right? If I'm still playing slowly and my recital is three days from now, I know there is something wrong with my preparation and scheduling and planning in advance. Because as I say, uh, it has to be ready for concert tempo two months in advance, I think. That's, That's a safe zone, don't you think? True. And in general, I think that, you know, picking up a tempo is very individual for each person. Because what works for one cannot work for another, for different reasons. And not only because of, you know, ability to play, but also because of the temperament, too. For example, you know, when I heard for the first time how Joris Verden plays Frank. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it sounded really impressive. It, uh, I was basically very much surprised. And in some pieces it worked pretty well. 
like like in finale piece, for example. Mm-hmm. I think that that tempo worked pretty well, and no ritenuto at the end. But some pieces sounded just ridiculous for my taste. And you have to remind our listeners for which reasons Joris Verden is famous. Actually, for playing Frank very fast. Mm-hmm. Because uh, his theory is that the metronome markings of that day uh, from 19th century were meant uh, for 19th century metronomes and uh, those were made a little bit differently and uh, therefore the, the, the tempo should have been faster and Frank would sound more virtuosic then well yes but why I wouldn't play as fast because Frank's harmonies are incredibly rich and incredibly beautifully and when you are playing them so fast, basically you don't have time to enjoy them and to, to listen into them. So, but it's, you know, it's a matter of taste, too. Right, right. Sometimes you need to lean on dissonances, as, as our former professor Pamela Reuter-Finstra said. And, um, well, you know, Americans uh, very often talk about dissonances. And I have heard in Europe that, you know, somebody laughs at Americans because we always, you know, lean on the dissonances and and sort of exaggerate, you know, the role of dissonance in music. But the more I live, the more I agree with Americans that it's really very important to lean on dissonance. Because then why are all suspensions written on the strong beats? It means something to you. Right. So, when I'm going to play today, I'm going to lean on dissonances even more. You will hear it. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I'm playing <laughs> At Patres Sonata by Bronius Kutavicius in preparation of my Notre Dame recital in summer. And, you know, this piece is entirely made of dissonances. Well, but that's another story. It's a modern composition in minimalistic style, so that's, you know, a completely another story. What I was talking, I was talking about, you know, music written in a common period. I will still lean on dissonances. You will hear it. Good luck with that. <laughs> then your sonata will take forever to play. Yes. Thank you guys for sending wonderful questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your essays, courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, 
I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.